This is a VOFM special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m., exclusive to VOFM 88.1. Hear it. Molweni, Sanbonani, and welcome to another installment of the COVID Report, where we unpack and dissect COVID-19 and its impact on the various aspects of our lives. This is your one-stop shop for all your facts, stats, and figures with none of the misinformation. I am your host, Siposi Tlengosa Zanamuli, and today is no different. On the COVID report, we are taking a look at judgment that came from the Nohauden court, declaring aspects of the national lockdown level four and three illegal. The judgment penned by Judge Norman Davis declared that the lockdown regulations were invalid and gave the government 14 days to relook and adjust these things. To unpack what this means, we are joined by Tanvia Jiwa, a researcher at the African Legal Information Institute and former clerk at the Constitutional Court. Thank you, Tanvia, for joining us. Hi, Sipusiklesan. Thank you for having me. What the judgment basically says is that the lockdown regulations which were challenged, which in this case is level four regulations, and also it seems level three regulations, were unconstitutional. So what does that mean? That means that for all intents and purposes, the regulations are invalid and they don't comply with constitutional values and the rights that are in the constitution. So essentially what the order says is that those regulations are unconstitutional, which means invalid, but that order is suspended for 14 days. So for everyone out there, during those 14 days, we are to take the regulation to be invalid. And what that means is that we need to proceed as if the court hadn't said anything, right? As if those regulations were valid, because during those 14 days, the relevant ministers have to review this order, all these regulations, and then afterwards proceed and amend the regulations. So they'll either do that during the 14 days or they can appeal this order. And the moment the order is appealed, the order is suspended. So what does this mean? The moment the ministers go to another court to say that this judgment is wrong and this is why, that order is suspended, which means that we're again back at this level where all the regulations will be deemed to be valid by everyone walking around in South Africa until the other court now has another judgment telling us whether these regulations are valid or not. And I think one thing that people got really confused about on social media is they expected this to mean that, you know, we can go and buy cigarettes again (laughs) or the likes. But actually, that's not like the order specifically says that this is not a discussion on the sale of tobacco because there's still another case on the sale of tobacco. So I just wanted to make sure that to clarify that last part. Whilst clarifying the actual judgment, on what particular grounds was the matter before the court? Which constitutional values were being challenged in this particular case if it wasn't as many people would think tobacco or the opening of hair salons? Well, it's actually very interesting because we, most lawyers have the judgment only, right? We don't have the actual application that came to the court. 
And that limits us in many ways because that means we don't know what the arguments were that were made in, the, in front of the court. And I think a lot of people are complaining that, you know, the judgment might not be the clearest judgment in terms of determining exactly what regulations were being questioned. Because you will see in the judgment that the judge refers to a lot of different regulations. He actually does, um, Judge Davis actually also refers to the hair salon regulation, for example although this is not an application specifically about the hair salon. They also mention um, the funerals, right? Why can you go to funerals, but you can't open a store? Why is it that 50 people can move through provinces and you can't go to a hair salon? So basically what this judgment does is that it lists a number of regulations with the, which the judge doesn't seem to find to be constitutional. So one could argue that that's possibly what the applicant brought before the court, and that's why the judge would consider it. I highly doubt that the judge would consider something that's outside of the application, but it's also, I don't wanna confirm that because I don't have the application in front of me. And what the judge seems to talk about endlessly is the economic impact of the regulations, not being able to go to work and um, essentially also makes a comparison between, you know, taxis being able to work and hair salons not being opened. And also the obstacles that a lot of caregivers are, are facing because the children have to be at home. So I'd have to say there are no specific regulations that were extensively considered in this judgment. I would actually say that there must be around like possibly 13 regulations that were randomly mentioned and just compared to other situations. And just to what the judge aimed to do was compare situation to situation B, situation A being allowed, situation B not being allowed, and try to point out that almost it makes no sense that situation A would be allowed and not situation B. So. I wouldn't be able to answer what specific regulations were being challenged, except for the fact that the order mentions that the regulations in respect of alert levels four and three are deemed not to be rationally connected to the objectives. So essentially, it seems like the regulations with respect to alerts level four and three were the ones that were contested in this case. So considering we are currently at level three and the particular regulations, as far as we can tell, that were in contestation were level four and three, what happens after the 14 days? Um, can everything be changed? Does nothing? What happens post the 14 days of the suspension of the order? Okay, so just to reiterate, the ministers now have 14 days to review or amend these regulations or bring an appeal. Let's take this easiest scenario, which is probably, most probably going to happen, is they'll take this on appeal. If they take this on appeal, the order is suspended, level four and level three carries on, and everyone carries on under level three until the new judgment is out. Okay. Now, what if they don't take it on appeal? Then they have to amend it because that's the order. And within those 14 days, they have to go and review those regulations and then amend it to make it constitutionally compliant. That, that is, make it valid. And 
What if that doesn't happen? Well, the court order doesn't, the, court ju- the judgment and the court order doesn't really specify what happens. But the law would assume that level five doesn't kick in again because there's no mention as to what is supposed to happen. And when there's no mention, we are not going to assume that we're going to go back. Instead, what happens is that there's almost nothing, if that makes sense, right? Level three isn't here. So we can't go back to level four. It's invalid. We can't go back to level five because you can't go back simply. It's just that there is this lacuna, there is this hole in our system now when we are not being guided by regulations. So that could possibly mean that we just go back to being quote unquote normal. But it is extremely, and I really want to highlight it, it's extremely unlikely that they're not going to appeal the judgment. And even if they were to not appeal the judgment, they would just review the regulations. They wouldn't just, the lacuna would, if, if there were to be a loophole, that like this hole that's left behind, that would be extremely chaotic. And really the government wouldn't allow that. And I'd, I'd like to think they wouldn't allow that. So considering this is a highly contested topic and including the lockdown itself has been highly contested, your particular thoughts, what are your particular thoughts on this judgment and what Judge Davis has had to say and whether this affects us, should it affect us? Is he correct in your take? This is a bit of a tough one. Um, On the law, I don't agree with him. I do think that there's a possibility for the regulations to be unconstitutional. In fact, I've been going on about how I do think that a lot of the regulations are unconstitutional. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And I don't think he went around the law the right way. And this is maybe a little bit more of a technical jargon, but the there was no actual section 36 analysis, you know, of limitations of the rights that took place in that judgment. He instead made an argument for rationality. But again, we don't have the applications in front of us, so we don't know what the actual arguments are. But I would be inclined to think that it should be a section 36 test, which instead he mentions the section 36 applies, but goes on a rationality test. So there's a lot of inconsistencies in the judgment. People have been um, not complaining, but commenting on how the judgment is not the clearest judgment. And I think a lot of people do think that if it, it's appealed, um, the prospects of success of the government are quite high. Um, so my own opinion, I don't, I actually, I've been having this debate that I think the Disaster Management Act itself might be unconstitutional. And I would really enjoy seeing the judgment because I know the DA has approached the Pretoria High Court to know whether the act is constitutional or not. And I think it's a really important distinction what that non-lawyers need to make is that just because someone's saying the act is not constitutional doesn't mean they don't agree with the lockdown or the fact that there is a need for a lockdown. So for example, in my personal opinion, I do think there's a definite need for a lockdown. I would never go against that. But what I don't think what I do think as well is that it, they didn't go around it the right way. And there is a need for the government to go around it the right way and be held accountable for because rights aren't suspended during a lockdown and it's not supposed to be. And we've seen many instances where people's rights are constantly being infringed. And often the government's not, meant to, the government's not being held accountable for that. 
and you need people to keep going to the courts to keep the government accountable. So I don't agree with this judgment in terms of the reasoning, right? I would like to see the applications just to know what the arguments were and whether it's so much of a flaw of the law not being applied properly in this judgment or just that the, not the right arguments were made because that often does happen as we've seen with the hairdresser case recently where people cited wrongly, you know, and um, I do think there's a huge potential for regulations to be held unconstitutional. And I'd really love to see, because definitely it's being appealed for sure. I'd love to see that, but mostly I'm very interested in the DA's case because I think from having read the papers, there's a really strong chances of them, you know, being right. So I'd actually really like to see that. So that's my personal opinion on this. So you mentioned that you agree with the lockdown, but not the way it has been gone around and more particularly that the rights to an extent should not be suspended. But we are operating under a pandemic. A state of disaster has been declared and you mentioned the Disaster Act. Should we have not expected that we would lose some of our liberties and how else could the government have gone about protecting citizens and saving lives and mercy missions if it was not this way? So that's my issue with this whole thing right, is that people tend to think like this. And, and I'm going to explain now. People tend to think that, you know, there's a pandemic. Obviously, drastic measures have to be taken. And in their minds, drastic measures means rights are suspended. There is no such thing as suspension of rights under the Constitution, save for a declaration of emergency. And we always need to remember that there was absolutely no declaration of um, no state of emergency that was declared. We need to remember that because that's the only circumstances under which rights can be suspended under the constitution. And a lot of people do think that actually, a lot of lawyers do think that maybe there should have been a state of of emergency that was declared because that would have made things clearer and we would have known. But also, I don't necessarily think so. I don't necessarily think that there should be a state of emergency that was declared. I just think that even if the Disaster Management Act was to be constitutional, and that's a big if, if the act was, was constitutional, then the implementation thereof isn't, isn't constitutional. Because yes, we are under lockdown. Yes, there is a pandemic, but that never means rights are suspended. There's a big distinction here. What that means is that rights are limited. And the reason I highlight that is because Rights are constantly limited in a democracy. That's what happens. That's why Section 36 in there is, is in there in the Constitution. You know, like sometimes you are going to do something that is an enforcement of your right, but it's going to limit my right. And that happens all the time because rights clash with each other. But the thing is here, you can have a limitation of rights, but you cannot have a suspension of rights. And that's very important. Just the same way, for example, your right to freedom of movement hasn't been suspended. You can still move, you can still go places, but it has been limited. There are only certain places you can move. There are only under certain times where you can move and where you can move to, right? So that's a limitation of your rights. So yes, we can definitely expect the government to be wholly efficient in trying to tame and curb this pandemic without suspending rights, obviously. And in fact, that's exactly what we should expect. We shouldn't be expecting the opposite, 
rights rights sorry rights will be limited but they cannot be suspended unless under section 37 of the constitution a state of emergency is declared and if that state of emergency is declared even then there are some rights called non derogable rights which can never be suspended but just to wrap up this answer we can most definitely and we should expect the government to be able to curb a pandemic without suspending our rights they are not allowed to suspend our rights except if a state of emergency has been declared and unless that emergency state of emergency has been declared our rights can be limited but even that limitation needs to be justifiable under section 36 and that kind of goes back to this judgment which is the part where i don't agree with is the fact that we had a rationality test as opposed to a proper in-depth section 36 analysis because at the end of the day that's really the crux of this whole thing there has been a limitations of our rights and the question isn't whether the limitation is there it is there we can all see it we can all establish that it's just whether that limitation is reasonable and justifiable the key key question is whether the limitation is justifiable and reasonable under section 36 which is something that mm-hmm. is not explored in the case but now looking at the recourse that people have saying that government does lose on appeal should it go for appeal what mm-hmm. happens for ramifications for people under level 3 and 4 let's say those who have lost businesses who have lost money who have lost income can they then sue government for the losses under this illegal level alert levels or what is recourse available to them so let's start here what happens if this is appealed for example to the sca the supreme court of appeal and the supreme court of appeal decides that the regulations are unconstitutional so for example i definitely think for starters i definitely think they'll be given more than 14 days to rectify it I don't I personally don't think 14 days is enough for the ministers to go and review all these regulations and change them. That's number 1. Do citizens, do civilians have a claim against government in for example in pure economic loss, right? The fact that I couldn't have opened my business because of your regulations and I wasn't able not only to make profit but just basically have a living, earn a living, right? I would argue that you know there probably there probably is a claim right you probably can claim in delict against the government for the fact that you've lost your your earnings but then my question becomes how many people like I think there are a lot of things that we need to consider right the judge whoever judges that claim that you have in delict for, for economic loss will think to themselves If I allow this, how many people will come to court? And this there's this thing that I kind of dislike and it's called the floodgates argument, right? Are we opening the floodgates? Does that mean that so many people will start approaching the court and ask for a claim for economic loss, you know? Ask to be compensated in delict and probably i mean obviously who wouldn't right and often that's not enough i mean in my opinion that's not enough of a reason to deny a claim but a court could easily do that and honestly now if you were the state and there was a claim like that being made against you what would you have said well this is what i would have said 
the the regulations have been seen to be unconstitutional probably because and I, this is just my opinion now that's not what was said in the in the judgment i would have argued that under the section 36 the relation between the limitation and its purpose doesn't exist for example let's say for example we're talking about cigarettes right because people have been arguing about that a lot um one could easily argue that there is there's no relationship between the limitation of not being able to buy cigarettes and me getting covid or me spreading covid right which in which in this case would just mean that like there's no there's simply no relation and if there's no relation then the limitation is not reasonable and justifiable and i would have argued that beyond the cigarette argument and we go back to the pure economic loss i was just trying to explain what relationship would mean in this case i would have argued that okay these regulations might not be constitutional but another regulation that i would have put into place could still be constitutional and yet bar you from having shops or not having shops but you know going ahead with your business so there could have been other regulations in place which achieve exactly the same thing but are now constitutional that would have stopped you from having an economic loss and this might sound a bit complicated but let's look at this this judgment now that was that just came out yesterday is about level 4 industry yet the judge makes an obiter comment about level 5 regulations right which is the complete lockdown and his obiter comment is that he thinks that you know these were constitutional so now under level 5 you weren't able to go to um to go to your businesses and work right so you still lost money so what is the likelihood of a judge granting a claim for pure economic loss that you got under level 4 and 3 under the same reasoning that you were uh, they the government was allowed to stop you from going to work and level 5 i don't know I, i hope i'm making sense right now because essentially what i'm trying to say is that i think the government can easily rebut the argument that there wouldn't have been any other regulations which would have stopped you from going to work and earning money a very a, a clear argument but a very elaborate one at the same time and where the government will pursue it and see maybe even if there are cases done against it for these and for the recourse of money lost is something we'll have to wait and see and maybe the same answer could apply to my next question of what are the implications of this particular type of judgment on government policy if the government can be taken to test as it should be and as it has been to for particular regulations especially in a time of pandemic should they hesitate next time they want to do something similar to this or they seek to introduce a first of its kind regulation and can we to test other regulations that have been put into place after this pandemic well this is extremely interesting because i hope they do take more time before they draft and i do hope that it's not that judgment that changes this and it was always done you know that they always took the time before implementing these regulations there's been quite a little rumble going around in the legal community where we kind of all are assuming that you know these 
regulations are being drafted in a rush, which they, they could very well have been because there have been so many regulations, so many amendments, so many things just promulgated one after the other. There's no way this isn't being done in a rush. And I'm very happy for this judgment, although I did tell you I don't necessarily agree with the legal reasoning. But the reason I like it is because the government is being asked to justify. And this is a big thing with our constitution. After apartheid, we very much have spoken about this, you know, this move to have the government be more wary and think twice before promulgating something as opposed to then later on coming and justifying what they did. And here, that's exactly what happened. They were called on to review and amend, you know, or else appeal and justify why this is good. And we shouldn't go back to this stage. We should always have this movement and this culture in the in, in government where they think about it a lot. And maybe I'm being unfair because I know that the that the president is being advised by, I'm sure, very good lawyers. And they're being the president's being advised before promulgating all of these things or approving on all of these things. But nonetheless, I think this judgment is gonna do a lot of good to the pandemic right now in terms of how I mean say in terms of how South Africa deals with the pandemic. Because before that, we've actually seen a lot of uh, a lot of cases which have approached the courts, right? There's the mosque, opening the mosque cases. There was the hair salon cases. There was the baby clothes cases that went to the Concord. There was the first application done with the Concord against the lockdown. And you'll see that the amicus in this case, the one we're discussing right now, the friend of the court, I think it's called, let me check, the Hollabon Renaissance, Renaissance? Yeah, Hollabon Renaissance Foundation. They were the ones who were the applicants in the first case. But because the Concord had dismissed that first case, I think a lot of people who aren't lawyers immediately assumed that that was the Concord stamping and approving of the constitutionality of the lockdown, which isn't necessarily the case. Actually, it's far from the case because we've seen many hints from the Chief Justice that people need to keep challenging the constitutionality. And a lot of times in his communiques, he kept saying how Chief Justice Mukwen Mukwen kept saying that people should come forward and challenge constitutionality. And that was a big thing. And it still is a big thing because we can't just assume because there's a pandemic and there's this urgency that everything the government is doing is constitutional. Actually, there's a big chance that a lot of the things, a lot of the regulations that are being promulgated aren't constitutional. And I think this is going to be really amazing in terms of policymaking, because now that we're seeing that, like, actually, this judge was bold enough so as to declare level four and three regulations unconstitutional, what is to say that other judges won't find the same thing? And that's why I'm saying I'm looking forward to the DA case. Because I really do think this is going to be quite, you know, it, it, it's really going to change things. And I think this judgment is, although the reasoning is, you know, a bit to be desired, needs to, needs to be desired, there are still a lot of good that this judgment has done in terms of policymaking. And I do hope that people around South Africa realize that just because something's being promulgated doesn't mean it's constitutional. You must still abide by the regulations until we are told by the courts that we shouldn't and they're unconstitutional. 
but I just hope that it makes people really think about, you know, the connections between these limitations of the rights that we're facing and the purpose of those limitations. And that was Tanvi Ajiwa unpacking the implications, ramifications, and what the judgment by Judge Davis said on the lockdown and the regulations our country currently faces itself in. Thank you so much, Tanvia, for joining us on the COVID report. It's an absolute pleasure, Sipasikle. Thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it.